this morning we're we're going to look at the book of Ecclesiastes again and I want to remind you that this is an inspired perspective of someone who knows more than we do. Uh, this is a message of God, and this is uh, most likely Solomon sharing uh, out of his experience of life, uh, what he sees. And uh, it's interesting, uh, who do you listen to in life? Who are the people that you really listen to their opinion? There's plenty of people uh, that you don't listen to, you purpose not to listen to. Uh, don't point to them right now, okay? If they're in church here, uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> hey, who's pointing at me right now? No, uh, uh, but you, you look at some people, and you think about it, um, it. It's interesting. Many of us believe anything that we hear. Um, it's always interesting to uh, realize that there are drug dealers and drug addicts that will say of their drug, they will say, this particular drug is amazing. I love it. And you look at their body, uh, you look at their life, you look at their setting and what they've lost, and you should say to yourself, you should just do the math and say, I shouldn't listen to them because they don't know what they're talking about. It's interesting uh, Many times it's better, especially when it comes to finances, to listen to the rich person, but not the poor. Why? Because the rich person has, has walked that far. They've been able to attain, and the poor person is only speculating on what that must be like. Uh, you, you look at those, we always tell our, our students to talk to those who are older, about the pitfalls of life. Why? Because chances are they've stepped in them already, right? Uh, chances are uh, they have experienced those things, but to only to the successful, only to the ones who are succeeding. And as we look at the book of Ecclesiastes again, I, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you that this is for us to know. It's a perspective uh, that is valuable for us as we or at whatever phase we are in life right now. I also want to tell you, um, I hate saying this. Uh, um, next week, do not miss next week, uh, because I'm so I'm excited about preaching this morning. But I'm so excited about preaching next week. Okay, I, some of you are, you know, you're not listening right now. You're going to look up and you're going to try to figure out what I'm going to say next week. But I want to tell you. Don't miss next week. Uh, it's going to be a great Sunday, by the way. We're going to have a vacation Bible school kids singing. Uh, but we are also uh, going to be looking at, uh, I don't want to say the conclusion, but one of the concluding thoughts, one of the important uh, marching orders for us who are living in this meaningless life uh, that, that we are all struggling with. So I don't want you to miss, especially, especially, uh, if you have young adults in your life, if you are or you have young adults in your life, because uh, I really believe that there's some critical messages for us. Uh, got it, Sean? Okay. <laughs> good, good. Um, so let's go to God's Word. We're in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, starting in uh, chapter 9, going down through verse 6. 
God's Word says this, uh, But all this I laid to heart, examining it all. Now the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and to him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, uh, they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no more reward uh, for their memory. The memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they they no more share in all that is done under the sun. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would teach us and grow us and that we would find that which we cannot find any place else, uh, your truth. Uh, God, may it instruct us now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today we're going to be talking about death. Death. Um, pretty exciting, huh? We start out in this passage and he's saying uh, something that he said over and over again and it's be getting to be more intense as the book goes on, or more despairing even. The, the idea that uh, he has studied, and he has thought, and he has looked at, and he has considered, and he, he is going over and over, and he's trying to think through that which he sees in this life. In chapter 9, he says, uh, But all this I laid to heart, examining it all. Um, he is looking for the answer. He's looking to find uh, how to find meaning in this meaningless life. And then he comes to really his his life and the lives of others that are life before God. In verse 1 he says, "How, How the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know, but both are before him. Um. If you were here the last couple of weeks and even longer than that, we, uh, he's been struggling with this idea that a righteous person or a wise person and an unrighteous person or a wicked person, uh, it doesn't always match up what they get out of life. It seems pretty simple to us. We think if you live well, you'll get good things. That God is kind of like uh, uh, a vending machine, if you will. And if you put the right amount of money in and you push the right buttons, you'll get what you want. And uh, 
he struggles with this idea. He struggles with this picture that he, he looks at certain situations, I, I assume both in his own life and in the lives of others. It doesn't make sense. He's struggling with it. And now he comes really uh, not just to what we get down here on this earth, but what happens at the end of one's life. What happens uh, when the culmination of a righteous person's life or the culmination of a wicked person's life, what happens? And he makes some uh, conclusions to that that we're going to see this morning. First of all, life before God. That the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Let's talk about that for a moment. He is not talking about the wicked, right? He, he specifically is talking about those who are living uh, in a way that somehow is right and, and wise. They're not foolishly, recklessly living life. And their, their deeds are following their righteousness and their wisdom. It, it's coming together and their deeds come out. And that's how life happens, right? What you think and uh, what you desire to do and who you're following uh, kind of becomes a pattern of life, you know, what, what those inputs are that comes out in the deeds of one's life. But he said, for those who are righteous and wise, their deeds follow, and they are in the hand of God, in the hand of God. Um, this morning, I hope you hear that, in the hand of God. That's a good place to be. That is a good place to be for you and for me, to be in the hand of God. I love it. I love it. I love the idea of it. I love that uh, living in our chaotic world, uh, the song that we sang today, Blessed Assurance, I hope you enjoyed that because we'll be singing it over and over again, right? Uh, it's, it's keeping me. It's keeping me. I won't be shaken. I will not be moved. Not because... I. I the song says, and the, the Psalms say over and over again, uh, I won't be shaken. And you say, how will, I don't see how that's going to work. <laughs> how will I not be shaken? I'm crazy inside. I'm unstable. And I live in an unstable and crazy world. How will that happen? The one that holds us, the one that is a rock, the one, is, the one that's steadfastly clinging to us. He is the one that will make the difference. And I want to tell you, uh, it's encouragement to us for life down here that uh, if we are the righteous, if we are living in His wisdom, guess what? We are in the hand of God. In the hand of God. That's good. That's good. Uh, that's not just good. That's great, right? That, that's fabulous. That's something to be greatly encouraged by. There's a little bit of bad part to this, though. And you're saying, how can that be bad to be in the hand of God? This is the bad part, okay? It's not really bad, but it kind of is bad for some of us. This is not our earned destiny. This is not our earned destiny. Um, some of us think we are self-made people. We talk about it all the time. 
Uh, you say, hey, you, you have a great life. And you say, I know, I've worked for everything that I've got. I'm a hardworking person. When others were out partying, I was not. I was working. I was studying. I was smart in school. And others uh, were out doing whatever. Not me. When others were out spending, I was saving. And, and so I earned through my righteous deeds and my wisdom, I earned this good life where I could have everything I wanted. I want to tell you, the hand of God is not where you get everything that you want. The hand of God is His place for you. It's His place for you. You are not uh, determining your steps. He is moving you around. He is covering you and placing you in situations, some of which you don't want to go to. It's not that you shouldn't go there. It's that maybe you had a different idea. Uh, we should have a service sometime where we all share our uh, plans and ideas that we had about life and how uh, it didn't, really hasn't turned out that way, right? Uh, that, that God had different plans. And this picture here is this, that the righteous and the wise and the deeds that they have done are in the hand of God, not in the hand of man. Not, this isn't a self-determined plan that we get to go do. And we decide where we're going to go and where we're not going to go. He adds to this um, part of the frustration of life before God. In the middle of verse 1, he says, whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Uh, that love or hate, most people believe that the, it's God's love or hate. And the idea is that when he looks upon our life and the deeds that we are doing, the things that we are about, does he approve or does he disapprove? Does he love our life, and so the things that we're doing, is does he approve of those things, or does he hate them? Um, this is very uncomfortable uh, as we think of it. Uh, it comes down to this for us, does God love or hate me? And, and he's looking at life in terms of under the sun, under the sun, okay? But we're not talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ yet, okay? Uh, this is not, he, he's looking at life exclusively down here. And as we look at life exclusively down here, um, sometimes it's hard to figure out, isn't it? Whether God approves or disapproves of the things that we are doing. Uh, most of us are pretty positive people, positive thinkers. Uh, we've gone through life uh, smiling and selling ourselves. And we just assume that if that works for everybody, that that works for God too, and that we could smile upon Him and that we could fake our way through it. And of course He loves everything that I'm doing. Of course He does. Uh, others of us struggle, and we assume that every step of the way, every step of the way, oh, God hates me. God hates me. God hates what I'm doing. This is why this happened to me. This is, you know, this wouldn't be happening to me if God truly loved what I was doing and who I am. As we see in the scriptures, it says, whether love or hate, man does not know, does not know. 
we assume some things. We connect the dots sometimes, but man does not know. Both are before him, both the idea of God's approval and God's disapproval. Sometimes we go through this, uh, this scenario in our mind. Uh, we say, oh, I'm sick. I'm sick. I went to the doctor. The doctor uh, figured out that I'm sick. I, I've got this terrible disease. I could die from it. I'm sick. He hates me. He hates me. Am I healthy? I, I'm healthy. I feel great. I'm sleeping great. I, I, I look great. He must love me. God loves me because I'm healthy. Or maybe it's uh, the poverty thing. You, you're struggling in your finances, and then your car breaks. And then your, your health goes, and then you, can't, you lose your job, and it, it compiles over and over again. And so you look upon your finances, and you say, oh, he hates me. He hates me. He must have rejected me. Because of what, what I've been doing. Maybe it's your finances and things are going your way. Um, you bought a house when it wasn't worth much and now it's worth a ton. Your retirement account has ballooned. Uh, been made great again. Uh, you, you look upon all that you have in life and you say, God must love me and approve of everything that I'm doing because of my riches. He loves me. This, uh, this passage brings about this uncertainty that man does not know that both are before him. He decides. Uh, God doesn't think like we think. Super important to remember that. Uh, this idea that says, well, the way I would do it, the way I would do it if if someone was living righteously and they were trusting in my wisdom and their deeds were coming out, I'd give them everything they wanted. That's the way I think. And yet, before God, sometimes those things don't happen. Sometimes He has a different plan. Sometimes we don't know what He's thinking. We don't know. And so we walk by faith. This struggle, uh, as he brings it before it, he says this life before God is sometimes confusing. In verse 2, uh, he goes on to talk about that life ends for all. And remember, remember, try to keep yourself in life down here, okay? This is not talking about eternal uh, to be in heaven with our Lord. This is talking about life down here, okay? Um, in verse 2, it says, it is the same for all. It is the same for all. And when you hear that uh, phrase right there, you see, it is the same for all. Uh, is that good or bad? If you have kids and you give each of them the same thing, is that good or bad? Some of you are thinking, well, it's not necessarily good or bad. It just sometimes can keep the peace and it's plausible deniability for the parent, right? Uh, I've given you all the same. I, I don't care for each of you any more than the other. That's what they say. That's what grandparents say to you, but that's not true. By the way, I'm telling secrets here this morning, grandparents, right? 
you do have favorites, definitely. Uh, it is the same for all. Uh, you look at this and you go, well, wait a minute. If it's the same for all, if you went to a, a class in school and some studied and some didn't, and at the end they all got the same grade, is that good or bad? <laughs> some of you are saying, well, did I study or did I not study? Which one was I? You know, uh, some of you are thinking that right now. Some of you know who you were. You know, I always study. <laughs> That's not fair, you know. Um, as you look at this, you realize that he is pointing to the same for all, the same event for all. And what is that? As, as you look to God's word, he says this. Is the same for all since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked. He's speaking of an event, the event of death. And it is an event. It is a time and a place. It's it's. Uh, Beyond our birth, it is the most significant event that we will be at. It will be the focal point. And so as we look at this, we see it's the same event for all since the same event happens. And then he goes to talk about those extremes, the one or the other. He says the righteous and the wicked. The righteous and the wicked both go to this same event, the event of death. To the good and the evil. To those who have, uh, have done good and those who have done evil, they will arrive at this same event. To the clean and the unclean, those who have uh, muddied themselves of the sins of this world and defiled themselves and also those who have kept themselves clean. To those who have sacrificed and those who have not sacrificed. Chances are, because this is the Old Testament, it's talking about those who have, have worshipped and, and come and acknowledged God and those who have not, uh, side by side. Uh, as the good one, so the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. He, he looks at this and he pairs this up five different times. This person and that person. They will participate in the event. They will have the same event. It's the same event. It's not the same time, but it's the culmination of one's life will all end in this event, the event of death. Uh, maybe you've already thought about this, which is good, which is good. And, and, but the struggle that he's having right now is to say, this kind of doesn't make sense. Uh, if death is the event that ends it all, shouldn't it be different for one or the other? Shouldn't it be that one escapes and one does not? Uh, shouldn't it be this, uh, this idea that somehow uh, it's better for the one who's done right and it's worse for the one that has done uh, poorly or dishonored the Lord? And, and he struggles with this picture and then back to it, in verse 3, he says, this is an evil uh, in all that is done under the sun. And, and when he comes to this place, and he's been saying this over and over again, when he finds something that bothers him so much and isn't right uh, in his man mind, he says, this is an evil. And he said it again. This is an evil. This is not right. And he's not uh, saying that God is wrong. He's saying in his heart, this doesn't make sense. This is an injustice. 
of our world. Both, both end at the same event. There are two extremes, and those extremes don't matter because they all end in the same place. Once again, I want to tell you, when I say end up in the same place, they end up in death. It's not talking about beyond death, okay? God's very clear that there are two different destinations. And this seems evil to man. This seems evil to man. As you look at this, you realize this. Uh, that your path in this life will end up in death. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter who you are here this morning. Uh, I'm not a brilliant preacher for figuring this out. I said it right there. I know this to be true. I've seen this. We will all die. We will all die. It's interesting um, for us in a world of medicine and uh, breakthroughs. Uh, sometimes, uh, even for the elderly, they're shocked by death. They're shocked by it. You know, uh, uh, you see, I, I just can't believe this happened. Well, what did you think was going to happen? How did you think you were going to, like, how did you think this was going to end? I, I realize your book is still being written, but how did you think it was going to end? Is going to end in death. Uh, we realize that this is the plan of life that God has planned for all. So we should follow the path and realize that this event will happen to all. And it's good. It, it, it's good to remember this. So, so when you look at someone's life, you might be envious of them. You might be jealous of what they have, their looks. And you can say to yourself, don't say this out loud, by the way. Don't say this they're going to die. They're going to die. Think about it. Think about it. Uh, they, may, they may look strong and healthy, and, and, but you know that event will happen to them. For you and your pride and uh, the things that you're struggling with, the, maybe even you think you're great today and there's a sense of greatness and you, you need to apply this and to say, no, 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 this, that, that event will happen to me as well. To embrace that life will end in death for all. He goes on uh, in the middle of verse 3. He says, also the hearts, and, and I go to life and death here in this last point. Uh, also the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness in their, is in their hearts while they live. And after that they go to the dead. Kind of a transition here, but... Uh, Evil and madness in hearts. The ugliness of this life is found in the human heart. Uh, I don't know what you do with that. Uh, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes struggled with this, and I struggle with this. My kids struggle with this. My wife struggles with this. I think we all do, right? We see wickedness in this life. It blows our minds. I look around the room here, and uh, we're all adults here. We're all adults here. Uh, my wife uh, is getting to teach the high school girls over at our house on Sunday nights for the summer. And uh, the, the girl, I'm probably sharing too much already, but uh, once you start going, you got to go, right? You send it. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, 
My wife likes coloring pages, adult coloring pages, and so she's doing these for the girls. The boys, like the high school boys, don't really like coloring that much. I don't know what's wrong with them. But my wife was looking for this, and she, uh, she typed on the Internet, Christian uh, coloring pages, adult coloring pages, or something like that, and a bunch of nice you know, verses and this and that. And there were a, a few pages, a few pages, uh, you know, second or third row there that just were the F word coloring pages and we were talking about this as a family and one of my sons says what is wrong with people and I want to tell you it's found in the scripture it's the depravity of man that sin and wickedness and madness are in their hearts that's what the scripture says and and, and as we come about it and we see it we can Proclaim along with the scriptures and agree that the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live. And as I think about that, I want to be careful because it's not just the people of the Internet, right? It's me. That, that my heart is marked with this depravity and, and I struggle with it. Even as a believer, I, I carry around the residue or the, the carcass, if you will, of the past life. And so for us to acknowledge that here in this life, it's filled. It's filled. And the container is the hearts of man. The hearts of people. hearts of me and you. says their hearts are filled with these things and after that they go to the dead and verse four he says but but he who is joined with all the living has hope and i want to tell you that in life and death uh there's a better there's a better in life and death he says there's there it's not great it's not great uh uh sometimes we like to oversell it it's great to be alive uh the book of Ecclesiastes would say it's better than death, <laughs> right? It's better than death. And there's kind of that, that, that voice of like, oh, <laughs> uh, kind of. Uh, the ugliness is found in the human heart, but hope is in the living. There's hope. There, there, there's a vibrancy of change. There's, there's a possibility. There's a struggle of sin. There, there's a struggle to this life. There's, there's some kind of hope in that. And then he gives uh, an example of what this hope is. I, I find it as, it, as I think it was meant to be, um, it was meant to be funny. In verse 4, he says, uh, But he who is joined with all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Make a sign out of that and put it in your kitchen. <laughs> it's hard to get there for us here today. Uh, you're a bunch of crazy dog lovers. Uh, you, you know, you say we're having a family picture and you go, go get Snookums and let's put them in the picture. You know, Snookums, smile, you know, and... And you're kind of nutty about that. In the scriptures, dogs were dogs. Dogs were dogs. In fact, they were known to be scavengers and making a mess and wrecking things and running the streets and, and eating the garbage. They do that here, too. But like uh, th- this, dogs were meant to be 
thought of as kind of a repulsive animal that you could do without. Now, the lion, on the other hand, king of the jungle, right? Majestic animal. Those are the ones you put in zoos and you want to see, right? You want to appreciate and you see their strength and their beauty and you go, now there's an animal. And he says, hope in this life, hope in this life is for the living. It's kind of like being a dog, a living dog. Uh, If you want to see a better picture of this, head down to Mexico and you'll see these scroungy dogs that have, uh, you know, just lived a poor life out on the streets. And he says, it's better to be one of those dogs because at least they're living. Not a very great existence, but they're living. Uh, than a dead lion. Hope of the living is uh, a picture of a living dog. Uh, and it's better than being a dead lion. And then in verse 6, uh, he says, Their love and their hate, their envy have already perished. Meaning the, the decisions of life, the things that are here or there, the righteous or the unrighteous, they are gone for those who are dead um, and they will no longer share in anything that is done under the sun it says it again under the sun under the sun this is what we have and i i just want to give you as we speak of death uh th- three things to consider and i, I want to remind you come back next week please come back next week uh three things to consider as we look at this passage the first one is this Trust or trusting or, or being or enjoying the hand of God, the hand of God. Uh, sometimes, uh, I'll be honest with you, the hand of God feels out of control. And it's supposed to. It's supposed to not be in your control. It's supposed to be in His control. And to, to say to yourself and, and to remind yourself of the Scripture that says, when a day comes about, that you may not be able to sort out why it's happening, but as you follow after Him and you do as He, he wants you to do, that you will be in the hand of God. That's your, that's your spot. That's your spot in this life. Secondly, I want to encourage you to think of death often. Think of death often. I want to tell you that uh, people love joking about death. They love it. They love it, you know. Hey, let's talk about zombies, and let's think about cemeteries, and death is cool to think about. It's exciting and weird, and like, it's fun to talk about. I love Halloween, my favorite holiday. I don't. I hate it. Uh, but uh, we, we love to, to uh, and then we even like to fantasize about how are we going to die, and what's it going to be like, and this and that. And I want to tell you, that's not what I'm talking about. To think about death often. In a book, uh, it's a great book for people of all ages. It's specifically designed for young men. Uh, It's a popular book, or at least it was 100 years ago. Uh, It's by J.C. Ryle, and it's called Thoughts for Young Men. One of his points, and he, he has a section, he says, reasons for exhorting young men, reasons for working with young men, reasons for uh, encouraging them today. And he says this, one of his points is this, that death and judgment are waiting for young men. Even, Even as it waits for others, 
and they nearly all seem to forget it. Much of our lives are spent trying to forget death. Forget it. Don't think about it. Don't think about you're going to die. Push it off. Uh, Never talk about it. In fact, uh, we tell people who say, you know, I'm going to die someday. Don't say that. Why not? It's true. I am. And if you want to really ruin a conversation, and so are you. Think about it. Think about it often. And then lastly, uh, this is my commercial for next week. We should consider, we should consider how we should live knowing that we're going to die. We should consider that. We should consider that. And that's what we're going to do next week as we look in the scriptures.